Hey, Mostly Soccer Podcast listener. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a five-star review and subscribe. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the 76th episode of the Mostly Soccer Podcast. Today is Monday, August 19th at 7.36 p.m. sharp. My name is Michael J. Dalo, and I'm here with Jimmy. Jimmy what today? I really couldn't decide between Jimmy Handball, Jimmy Var, Jimmy mm-hmm. Replays, Jimmy Rob, Jimmy Sad. I am all these things. I'm well, we need Jimmy more. Emotions. Jimmy Emotions? Emotions? You're feeling all the feels today. Uh, yeah, all, I've gone through the highs, the lows, everything in... Uh, I'm in a tough space right now. You might know what it feels like just for that millisecond of that Manchester City Tottenham game to be an Arsenal fan for the entire season. You go through all the feels. Pain. Pain. (laughs) It was intense joy. And then, I don't know, uh, extreme suffering. All in in one motion. It was was a tough day. We'll get to that. We will get to that. We will. Uh, Lots of extremely exciting Premier League action this week, yes. I would say. Yes, I want to say, uh, so far, very pleased with the season that has begun. I think it's started with a bang. Mm-hmm. But before that, we have to talk about the debate, the sweep in the nation. We don't need to talk about this. News Let's clarify. The, yes, no, we need to. <laughs> we need to talk about the Popeye chicken sandwich. Mm-hmm. Because I got one for dinner today. Okay, this is, if anyone's listening for the first time, they must be saying, what the fuck is going on here? (laughs) Mostly chicken. Yeah, mostly Uh, Popeye's chicken. uh, So I am a big Chick-fil-A guy. I'm not a fast food guy, not a big fan of fast food, but I love Chick-fil-A. So Mm -hmm. one fast food that really gets me, speaks to me. Fast casual. Yes, fast casual, I like that. (laughs) Uh, Love Chick-fil-A. So I said, I have to try the sandwich. People people are saying it's better. The Popeye's chicken sandwich. People are saying the Popeye's sandwich is better. And I, I was saying, this is blasphemy. I need to try it. And I have to say, it's a pretty damn good sandwich. Well, what's the verdict? Which one is better? Oh, it's tough. I am still going to, I think I'm still going to go Mm Chick-fil-A just because it's had my heart first and you never forget the first, but I got to say Popeye's is a damn good sandwich, man. What a completely unnecessary story. You need to get to Popeye's, get yourself a Popeye's chicken sandwich All right. Um, before Var comes in and takes it away. Jimmy, that was a wild story that you. I felt had like to you share. Needed to tell. I needed to share it. It was on my heart. I actually I told had... you I'm very emotional this week. I've yeah, had, I guess so. had a very strange week. I don't know. I'd, I'd I'd like to hear about more of the personal stuff afterwards, but uh, we'll not get into that here. I do want to say I did try Chick Fil A for the first time. I think two weeks ago, and it was great. First time. Yeah, I don't eat fast food really. Neither do I. But Chick Fil A is not fast food. Chick Fil A is love. Fast casual. It's love. <laughs> yeah. Um. I actually went to the window and like you know you see all the things yeah. on Twitter and stuff like Chick Fil A employees are so yeah. nice. I was with Chris and he handed the guy his credit card, which is a Yankees yep. credit card, and the guy goes, "You're a disgrace." <laughs> so, <laughs> so excuse me. <laughs> he goes, "Yankees fan." And then he just started dying laughing. I was like, oh, all yeah. right. <laughs> you can't. You can't beat the. Uh... Customer service yeah, customer there service is, is impeccable. But before we get into the Premier League, let's talk a little about FPL. Yes. Uh, we have not talk about FPL. Well, I had a great week this week. I, I did didn't know. Uh, I mentioned that last week I made all my transfers and I used the free hit chip. I didn't know that that meant it's only a free transfer for this week. 
Oh. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I picked a great team and I've since made the actual transfers. And I guess that deters a ton of my points, but it's fine because my team is bad. Um, but this week, Pookie. Yeah, Big star for me. Oh, Ooh. you genius. I left Cantwell on the bench, though. Oh, mistake. After I was Big mistake. You hyped him up and left him. him on the bench. And I do want to apologize because I was calling him Tim Cantwell. His name is Todd. But that's because we're, I'm like kind of close well, with him at this point. Because it's 2019 and you should be named Todd. Yeah, well. <laughs> Sorry to all the Todds out there. And because I'm like kind of close to them so it's like sometimes we'll call glenn just like the king or something like that like, just it's like, like jerry and Bucks nicknames. and rec he's just he <laughs> just whatever you want it to be he's tim to you he's not <laughs> but he had a great week um then sterling and de bruyne pff, every mean, week is going to be a great week for those two yeah. and uh my my defensive line let me down emerson didn't really do much maitland niles didn't do much trent alexander arnold didn't do anything but yeah we're gonna get to do it I, I want to talk about Liverpool. I'm excited to kind of dig into that game. Um, there was a lot of good games this weekend. Fantasy Premier League, though, I have to say, and I don't understand it, <laughs> I forget to check every single time. I love the Premier League. Mm-hmm. I watch as many games as I can. I get up early in the morning to watch them, but I cannot remember for the life of me to ever check that team. I will, I will guarantee I will never win one week. I guarantee I will never win, and I'm trying. I really am trying, but I just um, I don't understand it. It's too complicated for me. People are really, really good at it. And I it's, mean, it's hard. It's really hard. I had a great week, 57 points. The average was 34. I got 49, so. I mean, decent week, but yeah. even still, I feel like, like you said, I'll never win. The winner of our league this week, they're just mystery people at this point. I never should have put the hashtag out there. <laughs> um, Mickey FC. I don't even know how to say this Mickey name. Mickey Mouse? Olu Wasagun Leo Mickey is our winner with 75 points on the game week. Uh, one of our friends that we know, Brendan Mills, put up 58 points this week. He won up to me, and he's actually in third in the league now. So someone that we know. Is at least doing well. It's yeah. not us. And We're struggling. In second place, we have another random person. Moy Mopelli Met Lanny. I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> mostly soccer. La Liga mostly soccer has uh, just been infiltrated by randoms on Twitter. But we're glad to have you. Yes, and please. if you're listening to the podcast and you won this week, please contact us yes. because we'd love to send you some stickers. Um, but anyways, Jimmy, let's get into it. And do you want to start with Liverpool? Uh, no. Yeah. You know what? Let's start with Liverpool. Let's start there because I found this game to be a strange game. Yeah. Um, in the end, if you look at the stats, Liverpool 64% possession. But, and they had 15 shots, 6 on target. They did allow 14 shots to Southampton. To Southampton. By the way, we should mention that Liverpool beat Southampton 2-1. to one. Yes. But if you watch this game... You wouldn't think so. You would not think that they won this game. I thought Southampton thoroughly outplayed them. Now, granted, again, with less possession, dramatically less... But I thought Southampton had the better chances the majority of the game. I think they created clear chances you need to score. Specifically, the one missed by Danny Ings near the end that mm-hmm. would have leveled it. Um, in the end, Liverpool do what they have to do. Win the game. Sadio Mane scores a beautiful goal right before half. Continues his epic rise at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at this point, it's to me, he's far and away their best player. In my opinion, Not, no. Well, you're gonna. Here's let me correct. There's that. two other players Look, that are better than. Let him. me correct that. 
There's one player that's better than him. Virgil van Dijk is their best player. Sadio Mane, to me, is a far superior to Mohamed Salah. No, I disagree Like, I think that. substantially better. I think that's ridiculous. How I think he's substantially that? better. I just think he's... For me, Salah gets goals created by the work of Mane and Firmino, whereas Mane creates his own goals, does so much. Again, Firmino creates a lot for both of them. Firmino is the one who gets underrated in a lot of this because in the end he doesn't get the goals, and you think he's a striker, he should get the goals, but he creates so much for these two. But for me, when I watch them play, I have a wow factor with Mane that I haven't had for Salah for two seasons. So... When I say two seasons, I mean so far this year and last year. Two years ago, obviously, the wow factor was there. I mean, Mo Salah, since that breakout season, has been he's a, he's a phenomenal player. He's a phenomenal player. I'm not saying that. But I, for me, outside of Van Dyke, Mane is their best player. I mean, Mane is excellent and one of the best in the league. But I think Mo Salah. I, I, I think if we took a poll, I'd say 85% of people would say Mo Salah is a better player. I, I think so, but I think Salah is a more popular player um, for multiple reasons. I just think he's a very popular player. I think he had an epic season that he had. I think he's very well-liked. He's far more um, outgoing than Mane. Mane is a very reserved player. Salah does the interviews. I think the fact that Salah is such a prominent member of the Muslim community, too, and like to be a superstar and international star at that level matters. And I think Mane is actually maybe Muslim himself, but I think Salah is just such a, uh, he's a big factor internationally. Mm-hmm. So I think you, he'd get the votes for that, but I, I do think Mane is a superior player. To me, I think he's a superior player. But regardless of the point, this is the result that you need to get when you want to win titles, where you kind of get outplayed, or at least you get challenged. They were outplayed. I, I do want to say that. This game came down to taking your chances. And that's what I was going to say. And this is what happens with teams like Southampton and teams that struggle in the Premier League. It's just they continue not to take big, mm-hmm. big chances. And, I mean, you're supposed to lose a game against Liverpool mm-hmm. if you're Southampton, right? But you have a chance to steal points against them, and that's multiple, multiple chances. chances. They try, Adrian tried to give the, way, <laughs> give the game away to them. Um, he held the ball in front of his goal, and probably one of the biggest blunders we'll see all season. Mm-hmm. And Danny Ings just sprinted at him and scored. Yep. I mean, Liverpool were really trying to give this game away. You mentioned that chance Danny Ings had towards the end. And there was a few of those that went uh, awry for Southampton. Mm-hmm. So it's really frustrating to watch as someone who wants to see a team like Liverpool drop points in the interest of mm-hmm. our own teams. But yep. I don't know what, what to make of it for Southampton because they were good and I think Southampton are going to be a good team the rest of the season. They're going to stay up. But it's just, I don't know what to make of this performance from both sides. Yeah, I mean, I do think that a lot of it, Liverpool rotated their midfield a bit in this game. I think it showed the importance of Fabinho. I don't Mm. think the Ox or Milner really offered damn near as much in the midfield, solidifying it, holding the ball. Um, Even Jordan Henderson was out. And when I thought when him and Fabinho came in, Liverpool looked better with the exception of the chances they gave right at the end. But, I mean, that was kind of as a result of the mistake from uh, uh, Adrian yeah. kind of giving Southampton that that last bit of effort to try to fight. But in the end, I thought Liverpool did not were not at their best. I think they were probably tired after the midweek game. 
the Super Copa, Europa the Super Copa, Cup. whatever the hell Just it's the called. Just the UEFA Super Cup. The Stupa Cup. <laughs> Which they won in penalties they against won. Chelsea. And again, didn't look great in that game either. No. Um, and again, it's the beginning of the year. This is like, you know, you have time. This is the time. If you're going to drop points, you can make up for it now. But in the end, they don't drop points. And they're top of the league right now. So Tied with them. the Arsenal. Yes. And uh, we're going to get into this later. But great time to play Liverpool, in my opinion. Great time to play Liverpool, and we'll get into that a little bit later, but let's transition into Arsenal at the Emirates 2 versus Burnley. Uh, we get an early goal from Lacazette. Ashley Barnes fires one back before um, halftime, and truly just like the most FIFA backyard <laughs> yeah. soccer goal of all time. Someone just ripped the ball as hard as they could. It hit off a defender and landed right to right. Ashley Barnes in the middle of the box. I mean, you can't make it I up. do want to say, though, prediction of Ashley Barnes scoring... What was it, 15-plus this yeah. year? It's looking good. It really is. Looking good. And uh, Burnley didn't look bad this game. I mean, Burnley do what Burnley do. They started wasting time instantly <laughs> in the second half. As soon as they tied this game, they were ready to shut down shop and take a point. Uh, Sean Deitch complaining at the end of the game, per usual, about how the game's too soft. It, it's every game that Burnley loses. This happens with mm-hmm. Sean Deitch. Mm-hmm. But um, Danny Sabeo, standout player, set up the goal for Lacazette, and then also set up the goal for Aubameyang that ended up winning the game. Mm-hmm. And that second goal, that won Arsenal the game. Ceballos, hustle player, mm-hmm. grit, determination. Love it from him. I thought he was excellent in this game. Uh, I thought he was the best player on the field, 100%. in my opinion. Uh, showed his class all over the field. And showed his passion, more importantly. Yeah, but also just quiet, calm play. Making the right play, knowing when to step to intercept it, mm-hmm. knowing the pass to play. Um, just revelation in the midfield of Arsenal. Yeah, and I think he, I know it's very early to say this, but he's showing what we kind of wanted from Ozil. If mm-hmm. Ozil could mm-hmm. play midfield as well as he does, but have the passion and the desire to hustle and give his all. In the positional play, yes. too. The positional play is the main thing. Because Sabias is more of what I would call a, a center mid as opposed to a cam. He played more attacking in this game, but he gives you that great positional play and that spatial awareness, and I thought that's what led to the Obama-Yang goal. Yeah. Um, also, I thought when he came on, Pepe made a bright appearance he in did. the second half. It's a little flash. Uh, still, I feel nice like I moves. still haven't seen him hit even 80%. No, I don't think so either, but he put on some nice moves, created some plays. Um Shown some speed, some flair, some dribbling. Should have ability. had an assist to Aubameyang. Yes, um, that was that was Pepe's fault. I know you texted me and saying yeah. Obama bomb, but that was not right. <laughs> well, Pepe was passed part, it far part, behind him. Part just me being an ass. I know, but I do think Aubameyang could have had a better effort, but it was a poor pass by Pepe. Yeah, but I I think huge huge upside for Pepe, yes. as we all know. Yep. But we're we're seeing little bits of it each and every time he mm-hmm. comes on. He plays a little bit more. I do wonder if he's going to start versus Liverpool. That's we're gonna have to get into yeah. that after two when yeah, we give actually, our predictions. Yeah, and, and we I do want to ask, what is your take on Joe Willick so far? Joe Willick's awesome. Love right? Joe Willick. He's I think really that, come in and just kind of earn a spot. Blown right me away. away. He's he's done the Matteo Guendouzi of last year, where he comes in and he's just been excellent every time he plays. He wants to be there. He deserves to be there, mm-hmm. and he's one hundred percent good enough to be there. I prefer him over Ozil one hundred percent. Yeah. Crazy to say, isn't it? Mm-hmm. If you had talked to me a year is, ago. Because I think Sabias is going to 
confirm his spot. I think Induzi's already done that. The question is, Willick's kind of going to be fighting with Schalke, and well, that's going to be a tough, I think, for him to make that. Well, Joe away. Willick is playing center mid, mm-hmm. like center attacking mid. Danny Ceballos yeah. is kind of playing there. Yeah, along with I'm him. just thinking if you look at their position of who can play, it's, unless they go to one of Aubameyang and Lacazette, well, then you open up the possibility maybe to play both of them. The real battle right now is Xhaka, Torreya, and Guendouzi. And well, Torreya seems to be the one lost. falling out of Torreya's favor. Torreya is completely out of favor. And I thought when he came on, quite frankly, I actually agree with Danny Ceballos, I thought the way he came on, he spent 99% of his time on the field on the ground. Um, he went down like three times, stayed down for a long period of time. It actually looked like Arsenal were the one wasting time at this point. And I was just like, what is this guy's deal? And you know, I like Lucas Torreya, but he was like, it was really like calm the ball. Yeah. <laughs> like, very go, yeah, just very, very, I did not enjoy it. I'll say that much. Yeah. It was tough to watch in some ways for a player I like, but it was just like, he was staying down a long time. Yeah, well, I mean, this this is what happens when you play Burnley. You play with a bunch of pricks. You got to be a prick back sometimes. I guess so, yeah. Um, but I do want to say, Aubameyang really showed his class on the day. I mean, Lacazette's goal too. Yeah, I mean, both of them. This is what it's like to have two elite strikers, and it's nice. It's nice when you finish chances that a lot of other players wouldn't, mm-hmm. and it, it just makes me feel good that we have someone who can do that. Yeah, great start to the best start to the season for Arsenal for a while. I, I know, last two games in, but really is <laughs> last year we lost our first two games. <laughs> Granted, we played City and Chelsea uh, under a new manager, but this year we won our first two, and uh, you know, it, it's looking up. I'm very optimistic for the season, and for the first time. I think I'm not cautiously optimistic. I think I'm just optimistic about this year. Mm -hmm. But let's move on. We'll get back into Arsenal and Liverpool later when we give our predictions. Uh, Let's go in order. Let's go Ashton Villa, one. Bournemouth, two. So this one, I thought Bournemouth kind of stepped back up after I had kind of ragged on them for my feelings on their last performance. I thought they looked a lot better. I thought they were attacked, looked good. They were benefited from an early penalty. Just a stupid play by Tom Heaton. We just coming out too aggressively for something, a ball that was going out of play. Like there was no way Wilson was going to keep it in. It was going to go yeah. out. Put away calmly by King. Since when does Josh King take their penalties? Now. I don't. <laughs> Fucked me on DraftKings. <laughs> Josh King is the reason why I lost so much money on DraftKings this weekend. But And then Harry Wilson with the second in the 12th minute. Then much later, Villa tried to make a comeback. My boy, Douglas Louise, scores a beautiful goal. A Ruben Neves yes. type goal. Beautiful goal. Makes up for his earlier mistake. Uh, but in the end, Villa not having enough to come back. But so far, Villa's been decent. I mean, they had the possession, 63% possession in this game. 22 shots. They, they look like the better team. And Are you concerned for them? I am not concerned for them because not at I all. think they've looked good in both games. I feel and like, I think that they mm-hmm. have the talent to get results against poor teams. They've played Tottenham and Bournemouth, not the two easiest teams. That's true. I think when you see them play teams like Southampton and Newcastle. And well, everyone's going to beat Newcastle this year. <laughs> I, I just think that they will, when they play teams more on their level, I think that they will be able to get through. So I'm not really worried about Villa right now at all. This is a team that I'm very cautious about. Um, you know, I haven't seen them play. The results have been very close in both of their games. But just the the flickering reminder of Fulham, how the tables are turned, and I thought Fulham were never going down with the amount of money they spent, the amount of talent that they Mm -hmm. have there, not happening. 
Aston Villa. But, I mean, I think Villa, with their possession that they've had and the way they've looked, I think they look better. And, I, I mean, mean Trezeguet had a chance better. to tie this game, too, at the end, which he should have put away. So, I just, I'm, I'm not out on Villa. I think that they've been pretty solid. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not out. Just cautious. Cautious. But um, a game that I did watch, Brighton Hove Albion won versus West Ham United. Uh, this is at the Amex, the Fortress. Uh, they had a goal called back earlier in the half. Mm-hmm. Um, Brighton, you know, I didn't, I don't think I caught that it, one. Yeah, it, it probably, again, it was probably the right call. Mm-hmm. Was offside slightly. Um, didn't matter to Trossard, I believe is how it's to, pronounced. Trossard. Tussard, Tussard. Tussard. Well, he came back and he scored anyway. He said, yeah. you're going to take one away. I'm going to get it later. And before that, uh, Chicharito, Chicharito scored as My least does. favorite player. Yeah, one of your favorites. Chicharito is just like a, an annoying little bug. But he, he scores goals. He's consistently scored yes. goals, and he's done that again. Um, thought this was a fair 1-1. One, one. Um, Brighton were better. Brighton were better. West Ham were really bad. Yeah. Let's, let's go on record and say that West Ham are the underperformers of the decade. With the amount of money they have, they got a free stadium. The players that they bring in is like everyone's B team. Why yeah. can't West Ham do better? What I is wrong with the problem team? The problem is that they just there's no consistency. They change players too often. Managers. I mean, I I believe in Pellegrini. I I think he can get them to be solid at the end of the year. But I think there's just too much going on. Too much commotion. But West Ham's like you think a West Ham you think should be challenging for Europa League. Yeah. I agree. And, and I mean, you look at the players on their team, too. I think it's a pretty fair assessment of the talent that's there. And for some reason, they just But, I mean, I will say, when you play Carlos Sanchez, he got in this game. You just set yourself up for failure <laughs> when you put him on the field. That's true. Our friends from the West Ham pod. They that agreed. was the one thing they commented yes. on. They said Carlos Sanchez is a horrible defender. Mustafi almost. Yeah, he's bad. He's just a bad player. Yeah. All right. Uh, another game that I watched in the beginning... Everton won Watford nil. So, Everton, they finally scored their first goal of the season at home at Goodison Park on a beautiful goal Mm -hmm. from Bernard. Uh, Stunning pass from Luca Luca Dean. Lucas Digne, as I say. Not Luca Dean. Lucas (laughs) Digne. I've Americanized it? Sure. But um, stunning pass from him on the corner. Bernard cuts in. Fantastic finish. Watford look a shell of himself this season. And this game was boring, by the way. Uh, yeah, I watched this game. First of all, Watford in the end statistically had actually a pretty decent game. Um, higher possession, same amount of shots on target, few less shots, more passes. But in the end, this game was, yeah, it was dull. Grueling. It was a dull game. I watched it. It was dull. I was unexcited by this game. Um yeah, Wofford, I think, I mean, I, Pereira was another player who spent half the game flopping around and then yelling at players and just fighting. Wofford, this weird formation that they're kind of running of like the 4-2-2-2, it's just really goofy and I don't know. I'm not impressed with Wofford uh, so far this season. I am, I'm not concerned. Again, there's a good amount of talent there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they do need to kind of figure it out here. And I mean, Everton, losing Everton is not a bad no, especially yeah, away. Can, but yeah. I think Everton's another team that needs to start to figure it out a little bit too, right? I mean, yeah, I mean where are their goals going to come from? Well, I mean, I think that they'll be better when uh, Kane becomes the starter. Uh, Calvert-Lewin is a fine player, a good worker, good, a willing runner, as they yeah. say. But 
The man's not a goal scorer. You know who he's, he's a striker who doesn't score goals. Worse, Danny Welbeck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like fair. shit, yep. Danny Welbeck. Yep. If Danny Welbeck, he gives you hard work and he does a lot, but in the end, he doesn't put the ball in the net. And for your number nine, that's what you need. So I think they will be better when they eventually bring in Moyes again. You know, I think I put Everton five this year. And Bold. Yeah. Now, now that I'm seeing them play, I'm I'm not overly concerned, but it's just like the lack you of expect goal scorers. Expect there. a little more. There's not enough spark in the team right now for me. Richarlison hasn't looked himself. No, he's been a little rough. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe once they get him going, they'll be back to mm-hmm. kind of what we expect yep. them to be. But until then... Everton, you're on notice. Officially on notice. Uh, and let's talk about Norwich 3, Newcastle 1. And the best player in the league. Oh, my God. He's fucking incredible. Timu Puki. And 29 goals in the championship. We we did say that the championship is a tough, tough league mm-hmm. to score that many goals in. Mm-hmm. And, boy, he's showing us that it's too easy in the Premier League for him. <laughs> I guaranteed a brace for that amigo on our last podcast. And he won up you. He won up me with a goddamn hat trick. Oh my god, it's too easy for Pookie. But you know, Jimmy, who gave him those two assists? My main man, Todd. Todd Cantwell, formerly Tim Cantwell. Yes. He's an absolute stud. FPL four point five million. There's not a better deal <laughs> out there right now. Can we talk about the first goal though? Go ahead. What a a wonder strike. The volley. This was that was a statement from Pookie of I'm here to stay. He scored us against Liverpool. A nice finish last week. That was, oh yeah, no, I am actually good. Like, don't help <laughs> me out. I'm actually good. Scores that. Scores two more. Um, just a statement by Norwich, who I we talked about. You know that we think they are actually good. Excellent. We talked about that. Saying, I think you know, they're They lost four one, but they're they're a good team. Um, I am very confident in their ability to stay. Um, and I'm all in on Pookie. I, I love Pookie. I'm dare a big fan. I say? Dare I say? Two games in, they're gonna finish in the the fifteen to twelve range. I think that's yeah. I think that's fair well. Maybe sure. well, maybe I fifteen think is like kind of fair. a gimme. Yeah. If you're gonna stay up, you're gonna be yeah. there. But I'm, I'm thinking like in that twelve-ish range, I could see them. They're that yeah. good. I think. I, I agree. I think they're a very good team. Oof, and and Cantwell, baby. <laughs> Ooh, that man, so young. Bad man. He oh, he's great. What what a scout I would be. The, the mega mind right now is firing on all cylinders. Uh, we already talked about Southampton Liverpool. But you know what we should do before we get into the one that you wanted? What? Take a break. We should. And we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Finding the right pros for home projects can be tough and spark a lot of questions like, how do I find a pro who can help? Will they do a good job? Will I get a fair price? That's where HomeAdvisor can help. From leaky faucets to major remodels, HomeAdvisor connects you to the right pro for the job in seconds and even helps you get a fair price. Read reviews, check project cost guides, and book appointments. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free HomeAdvisor app to start your next project. And we're back. All right, Jimmy, the one that everyone has been waiting for, your emotional breakdown You've been brought now, to your breaking point. When you point say again. breakdown, do you mean I'm going to break the game down or I'm going to have a breakdown? Have a breakdown. Yeah, that's, that's mentally, exactly. physically, emotionally. So, Manchester City, their first home game at the Etihad, 2 2 to Tottenham, their Champions League arch nemesis. Jimmy, you have the floor, my friend. Okay. So, let's <laughs> start with the stats because we've been doing that today. 56 to 46% possession in favor of City. Didn't feel like. It felt Tottenham like it should have been much. more. Felt like um, 80-20. Here's the part that really felt true. 
30 shots to City to three. For oh, my God. And that three <laughs> includes a shot from the midway line from Harry Kane. I did not realize that. So Manchester there was two actual 30. shots, and those were the two goals. Mm-hmm. So we'll get to that. So the game starts with City coming out hot. City came out very aggressive in this game. City always come out rather pressing and attacking, but really went at Tottenham early. And they get the benefit of a goal after an incredible pass from Kevin De Bruyne. Literally, when I say an inch-perfect pass, he could not play a better pass, the back mm. post. And then Raheem Sterling with an incredible finish. Yeah. Man not known for his heading ability. <laughs> Heads this in perfectly to the back post. But the pass from De Bruyne. Was out of this world. Oh, my God. And it was the most incredible part about it was the vision. He was mm-hmm. so early in seeing that run mm-hmm. from Raheem Sterling. Yep. And then to put it literally and this wasn't perfect. It wasn't even his best pass of the game, and I'll get to that. <laughs> um, and then, out of nowhere, Tottenham score from Eric Lamella from about 25 yards out. Ew. Because Ederson was just in no man's land. Something you don't see from him. He is a so he spends a lot of time out of the box doing his sweeper keeper role, but he's always usually in back in good position. I, um, this he, game he was he was a little bit aggressive for me. He's always aggressive. You you at this point I don't even notice it. I didn't even think really? he was aggressive this game. That's the thing. He is when I tell you he will wait to the last second till the guy is within millimeters from him to kick away the pass. It's just what he does. This was a bad mistake. This had nothing to do with Billup. He was just out of position. He did not get back in time. He was too far to the left. If he's just in the center of his goal, he saves us easily. But Tottenham score back, and then City respond pretty quickly. Kevin De Bruyne again. Perfect cross. Sergio Aguero just has to tap it in. Beautiful goal. it's, It's two games in. We've seen Kevin De Bruyne do this for years. Kevin De Bruyne, best player in the Premier League, better than Raheem Sterling. I, I'm sorry, Jimmy, but Kevin no. De Bruyne just oh, for me is the he's, best. Without player. a doubt, without a doubt, he's he's one of the best on this earth. Yeah, I mean, he's he's insane. God. He's insane. He's back to his magic, and it's just um, so easy for him. That's the thing is, he's half the time you watch him, it's like it just seems so nonchalant. Yeah, about him, he's just it's just perfect, and then. City had multiple chances to put this game away. This is where I have, this is where I'll critique City. They were, Pep said this was, he thought, their best, if not their best, one of their best performances under him. He said they were so dominant against a team that was in the Champions League final, and they completely dominated them. He was 100% right. Yeah. City had chance on chance on chance to put this game away. Um, Capped off by um, the pass that I was talking about with De Bruyne was the one from deep midfield where he put Sterling through on goal that Uris came out and just got to the ball before Sterling. That pass, if you watch the replay and see that pass, on the camera view from the stands, like the, the TV camera, you couldn't see the pass. <laughs> like, if you look at it, you say, how did he see that pass? From this view, I can't see it. He is just like, his vision is the best in the world of vision to make the pass is incredible. But Lucas Mora comes on. <laughs> scores ahead of two seconds into being on the field literally 12 seconds 12, the fastest yep. goal by a tottenham sub yep. ever um and like his only touch i don't know if he ever touched the ball again the rest of the game he was trash the rest <laughs> of the game. i really don't know if he ever touched the ball again um then city again continue to have chance on chance on chance cannot put the ball in the net uh aguero gets subbed off Pep and aguero get into it a little bit um but jesus comes on and look good he looked, Jesus, 
ever since the uh, Copa, Copa America, America has been back to the the player he was like two seasons that we first saw in the first city. few yeah. games. That first few games, he's been back to that. He's got that flair, that flash, and the confidence, which I think is the main thing with him. When he has his confidence, he is an incredible player. Yeah. Um, and he had it. And in the end, he scored the goal that City needed in the 91st minute. And then VAR our friend Barr re-entered the fray. Yeah. Came in, overturned the goal for a handball on Emmerich Laporte and the build-up to the goal. So there's a couple of things we need to talk about with this. I'm here First for it. of all, here's what I'm going to say. By the rule of this new handball rule, which is if an attacking player touches the ball <laughs> intentionally or unintentionally, it is a handball. Cannot lead to a goal. It's a handball. So by the rule, this was the right call. I will admit that. My issue is that this is a bad rule. The intention of this rule was to stop what happened last year with Fernando Llorente <laughs> hitting the ball into the net. So the rule was intended to stop that. They need to change this rule, correct it to you cannot handball the ball into the net intentionally or unintentionally. To say you can never... Un- it, you, the ball nicked off his arm. He was completely yeah. unaware of it. Not one player on the field no one looked did, for it. No one even no thought one. about it. No one. And the thing is, the ball also hit the Tottenham player basically the exact same time. Yeah. So, But it's the rule's only against attacking players. They have not changed it for defensive players. So they would have got away with it if it just hit his hand. It wouldn't be a handball on them because it would have been unintentional. So I have a major issue with that. The rule is bad. It's a bad rule. And then comes VAR. Again, VAR got the call right by the rules. But Ugh. VAR is supposed to be clear and obvious. Nothing about this was clear and obvious. This should have never gone to VAR. Should not have gone to VAR. You should not change this goal. One. Two. If we're going to go to VAR, where was VAR in the first half when Rodri got choke slammed to the ground? Did he go down easily? Yes, but he still got grabbed by the neck. Clear as day by the neck. You should call that when you get grabbed by the neck. So there's that issue. If you're going to use VAR, be consistent. But And I, I don't want to rant about it, but my thing is this. Too late. Here's, yeah, here's, <laughs> the, here's the thing. And Nuno, they asked Nuno about VAR today after the game, and he basically said exactly how it feels. You celebrate the goal. You have this amazing moment. What the sport is built around. Mm-hmm. And you have to sit there and wait to see if they're going to take it away from you, from the players, from the fans, from everyone. Take away that moment. The moment City scored this goal, the, the way Jesus scored, what a beautiful goal. Power to score that. The celebration. To take it away. And now you've done that to the City fans twice. Mm-hmm. You did it to them in the Champions League, and now you've done it again. Um, I don't think that this is a bias against City. Some City fans will say it is and all that. I don't. I just think it is a stupid call. I think this was should have never been called. I think this was a way of making a statement for VAR. I do kind of think it was that. Of, you know, we, we overturn the calls. We go by what the rules are. And that's what it's here for. If this is what VAR is going to do to the game, it's going to ruin the game. If you take away the emotions of scoring a goal like that over something so minuscule... I've watched that replay so many times. I generally can't tell if it hits Laporte, the Spurs player first. I can't tell. I would have never even noticed it. No one would. If you show that to 10 people, I guarantee you 9 out of 10 would never have said there was anything wrong with that play. And that's where it's wrong. We don't need it to do that. We don't want 100% perfection. What we don't want 
is we don't want clear mistakes. That's what it was there for, to stop clear mistakes, not for 100% perfection. This was stupid. In the end, here's my thing. I'm hoping, I think this could be a good thing because I wonder if you poke the bear. Because here's the thing. (laughs) Here's why I say it. Realistically, City don't have a lot to motivate them this season. They won back-to-back Premier Leagues, first English team to ever win the domestic treble. Yes, they have the Champions League, but outside of that in the league, did they really have so much to motivate them outside of saying, oh, we want a three-peat. But now, now if you're Pep, I'm sitting in there going, they, they're against us. The league's against us. Bar's <laughs> against us. You know what I mean? You have now, you have that agenda that you can push. And that matters to people, matters to players. If you say, you know what, guys? We're, we're the two-time champ and we still can't even get that call going our way. There's no At respect home. for us. Yeah. So I'm hoping that's a result of it. Um, I'm just very annoyed. I got to say, Tottenham, my God, you're lucky stars. <laughs> and then, like, it, it, it's crazy. I mean, good for you. Your two biggest accomplishments. Hang the banner. Your two biggest accomplishments Tied in 40 cities. years. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I, I just, I am, uh, I was shocked by that. That one hurt. I got to say that hurt. It hurts too because Jesus, it hurts the most because it's him. It's his, <laughs> his face, his damn pouty face. And like him yelling at the ref. And because he's a player that matters so much on confidence, I do wonder if like you just like fucked over this guy's season by taking this away from him, which I really hope you don't. But again, I just think, like I said, we want to use it to stop clear mistakes. We don't want to use it to have 100% perfection. Yeah. And then people will disagree with that saying, oh, no, it's the right call. It's the right call. But believe me, when it happens to your team and you see it and you say on something like that, is that really what we want? And I don't yep. think it is. I don't think we want to take away the emotion from the game for something like that. Completely agree with you. I have, I have no qualms with what now. you said. You know I've I've opposed VAR. I'm team hashtag save the dark arts. Um, but like you said, clear and obvious mistakes is where it should be used. We don't need to micromanage the game. And that was an extreme case of micromanagement. Um, even today in the Wolves game, like you alluded to because Nuno spoke about it, it's just there was that moment after the goal where it was like they were really checking something that happened earlier in the play. The build up play to that, see like, if the that pass no was one thought about. Yep. And and again, if it was because he was on, but he was barely on. It was close. Yeah. It was a damn near as close as this or as close as the Sterling one that was called back last week. Mm-hmm. Um again, do you, is that what you really want it for? To no. micromanage to that extreme that we're like looking at like Oh, he might have been a centimeter off sides. Like, I, don't, I just I think that that's, that's not useful. what we need. We don't need that. That's just going, you're going to take away the emotion, the moments, which is what makes the game so great. You, you watch the game and this is the thing people try to explain to people who don't, who aren't into the sport. It's like, you don't understand the emotion of a goal. Like it's something that you don't have in any other sport. That emotion of scoring that goal, scoring a 91st minute winner. You don't yeah. have that in other sports and you just took it away. You took it away for something so stupid. I just want to say, if that had happened to Arsenal, when it happens to Arsenal, I'm going to lose my absolute mind. And that's the thing. It's going to happen. I know. It's a sure thing. It will eventually happen to everyone. And I just feel bad for the City fans in the stadium. I feel bad for the players. And I feel bad for the fans in the stadium who now sat through that twice. That's true. They've gone through that same thing twice. And it really hurt last year because I honestly think... I said it. I think City were the best team in the world last year. I really do. And I think that they would have went on to win the Champions League if that didn't happen. And uh, I just think it was a real tough break. Well, I think you put things very nicely. Uh, I 
again, I'm not emotionally stable enough to have the level head that you had, even after having some time to cool down. Yeah, that's the thing. I have a level head I now. Think Saturday, I would have cried. I would have cried. I literally would have cried if this happened to Arsenal. <laughs> and if this happens on the weekend when we play Liverpool, I'm going to be in a bar full of Arsenal fans in Nashville, and I'm going to burst into tears. I'm going to be Gabriel Jesus <laughs> in real life. Um, One of the last thing is, do you remember the Copa America when he pushed the VAR sign yeah. and it just said paybacks of bitch? Yeah. It was like a clip of that, <laughs> which I, I thought that. was funny. Couldn't happen to a better person, really. Uh, but on Sunday, we had Sheffield United, the Blades' best Crystal Palace at home. We had a 47th-minute goal from Lundstrom, a scrappy little goal from the Blades. And... Uh, they get their first Premier League win at home in front of their fans. Huge for the Blades to go out and beat Crystal Palace. A relegation favorite. Can I say it? Go ahead. You may have been right. About the entire about relegation. Palace, yeah. About Crystal Palace specifically. Newcastle. Um, Crystal Palace. I watched this fully, and they were really, really, really bad. The team's dead. They were bad. They had nothing. My boy Townsend got hurt, too, to add boot to it. Uh, Wilf Zaha is non-existent. He doesn't care. He doesn't want non-existent. to Non-existent. He spent half the time out on the wing just kind of floating away from the game. It was just – it was rough to watch. They were – they just genuinely were really bad. Benteke off is nothing. He's completely useless. <laughs> um, and their midfield of Milivojevic, Myers, MacArthur – Offer no creativity. Yeah. They're all solid players. They're all pretty good, but they offer nothing going forward. I the final like 10, 12 minutes again, I watched and I'm like, the blades were going for a goal more than Palace were. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is this? It makes no sense. And it's just I I don't get it. I, I and I like Roy, so I wanted to say like he'll be able to keep them up, but they just looked very lackluster. Well, very low energy. Low energy palace. Um, I mean, they lost. Oh, they didn't lose two of their best players. They essentially lost two of them. They lost Juan Basaka to Man United. Mm-hmm. And Wilfred Zaha, I don't think, they is mentally there emotionally. anymore. They've lost him mentally and emotionally. I mean, he's there physically. But it's pretty clear that he doesn't want to play. I was on Instagram last night, and he's out there liking Moise Keane's photo. <laughs> and it's just like, it's him like, so great to be a blue at Everton. <laughs> and it's just like, Wolf Zaha likes this. It, and I mean, it sends the wrong message to the fans. You've served the club so well for so long. And I think Zaha's going to go out on a very sour note come January when Palace are in a bad position and they need Wilfred Zaha to stay there and be their champion. Well, He's going to abandon is, them. And this is the thing. And this will come in effect in January with Leroy Sané. There is a be- there is a truth to when the player wants to leave. Sometimes it's better to maybe take a less offer than you wanted 100%. just to get them out. Because if their heart's not in it, you're just not going to get anything out of them. And all you're doing is spending more time, which will eventually bring offers down anyway. Yeah. So. I agree. I think this they've handled this Zaha transfer very poorly. Can so. we can we interject before we go to the next match to talk about a big transfer that happened? Oh. Philip Coutinho. Yeah. Officially Bayern Munich player. Alone for this season with an option to buy. Um, I'll call this the... Loan option to buy is a new move that's happening everywhere because this is most likely going to be what happens with Neymar right here to Barcelona. Yeah, but there's supposed to be an obligation. It's obligation, option. It's all relatively similar in the end. Yeah. It's basically 
what I call the, we can't spend all our money right now, <laughs> but we want this guy. So, and we don't want to get in trouble from financial fair play. So we're going to loan him for a season and buy him next year. Yeah. I don't mind it. Don't mind it. Um, I think it's a good move for Bayern. So nothing to lose. And they got Parasic too. So I, they really Parasic, I'm not a huge fan I mean, of. still. Us, but I think though to get Coutinho, who I think has a lot to prove. Um, and with the chance that if he doesn't perform, you don't, you're not stuck with him. Yeah. Um, I think it's a great move from Bayern. Uh, I, I question how this affects the Leroy Sané deal. I don't think it does in the end. I think they're still going to try to make a move for him. Well, Coutinho but, has a good year. Yeah. What's it, the point? You get him. You get well, Coutinho I think it cheaper. would be that you get both of them. Maybe. Really? Maybe it's the way you look at it. Maybe. Who knows? But in the end, I think I just saw, uh, I want to say the Barcelona. What are you guys doing? What's the game plan What's over there? What's the, like, like, realistically... You brought Coutinho in for the third highest transfer of all time, and now he's out the door for, in the end, it's not going to be that amount. Well, this is what happens with teams like Barcelona and Madrid. I mean, the fans turn very quickly on these big money players if they don't perform, and uh, Coutinho was turned on Mm -hmm. extremely quickly. Yeah, but the thing is, the funny thing is, I saw the stats is basically like he's completely outperformed Dembele in his time in Barca for, in less time, is outperformed them completely. And Dembele gets away with it. And now he's hurt again. Dembele, yeah. who continues to be hurt, is hurt once again. He's a player who I really don't Dembele is Dembele is very good. He's very he's, talented. He's, he's very talented. Extremely talented. Yeah. But a career perennial underperformer. Um Yes and no. I mean he's he's just he's not consistent enough yeah. to maybe warrant and the I'm, love that. Yeah, he I'm gets. just surprised that he's the guy in the end that looks like he's gonna stay. Surprises me yeah. in some ways. And, I mean, I think they will get Neymar at this point. Um, I question in the end if that works out for them the way they hope. I mean, I there's no denying that Neymar is an exceptional player. Um, Do you really think that a front line of Neymar, Griezmann, Suarez, and Messi is not going to succeed? I don't know how they'll play together. I don't know. Well, three of those players have already played together pretty well. Yeah, but again, I don't think Suarez is the player he used to be. I don't even know if Neymar is the player he used to be. He hasn't been. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I rate I think Neymar's incredible when he wants to be. But, I mean, if I'm Barcelona, I just feel like you should be bigger than having to crawl back to Neymar and beg him to come to your team. I guess so. I just think you should be. That's how I look at it. It's like, if you're Real Madrid, it's like, yeah, this is kind of like you're slapping the face to Barca, so I get why they go for him. But, like, Barcelona, he sued you. You sued him. <laughs> like, this became, like, a, a pretty much a shit show when it happened. And now you're crawling, begging for him to come back. It's just kind of sad to me in some ways. And I guess he's kind of begging to go back too, but I don't know. I just find it weird. That being said, I'm sure, you know, when inevitably we see them in the Champions League with this lineup, it's going to be scary, but we'll see. Last note on Barcelona, I did watch them play their first game against Athletic Club, and they were piss poor. They got beat by a potential goal of the season from Ad Ruiz. Uh, It was just... Yeah, speaking of fans turning on players, the Barcelona fans are quickly already turning on Antoine Griezmann, which is just (laughs) baffling to me. He was trending on Twitter, which was literally all it was with Barcelona fans saying, why did we get this guy? He stinks. Griezmann, Valverde out together. Like already one match in and they want him gone. I mean, I guess we'll see. Uh, (laughs) We should mention that another big team also lost PSG, lost to... Rennes, Rennes, I don't know, two one. Rennes, and I think Bayern. Did they Bayern draw? I yeah, think I think they, they dropped too. points early. Yep. So all the big teams dropping points. Yeah, the um, former champions last season a rough weekend. Yeah, all around. 
But uh, let's get into Chelsea versus Leicester City. Yes. Another trending on Twitter. Lamp, hashtag Lampard out. Um, I think that that was more as a joke. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Um, but this, I want. This is such a weird match. It started off riveting. Absolute. Chelsea came out all guns blazing. They get a scrappy goal from Mason Mount to yeah. start. Pulisic starts, by the yes, way, his Pulisic first starts. game. First start. Um, poor, poor decision by Ndidi. Loses the ball. Mount nets it away. Um, but then after like 15 minutes, the energy was gone from Chelsea. Probably again playing midweek. Just the energy was gone. Well, isn't this what happened against United? It was in a lot of ways. Yep. Same thing. They, they, they press for yep. 20 minutes and then. They lose their game plan. They lose their game plan. They lost their structure. There was no rhythm. They couldn't complete a pass. The only benefit to them was Leicester was even worse. Yes, they were. Leicester literally could not find their own players. They could not pass to their own team. Um, And then the second half, it was a combination of Mason Mount and James Madison playing one-on-one. It literally was like like one-on-one. They would get the ball. They'd do like a decent move, get by somebody... And then they would just hang on to the ball until they inevitably lost it. Yeah. And both of them were doing the same thing. They would not make passes. When they made passes, it was too late. They were both... It was like watching like two of the identical players. They just couldn't create. I mean, Lester would have had so many chances if Madison moved ball. And he would do such nice moves to get in yeah. position and then just not be able to get the last pass. It was... It was frustrating to me that the commentary on this game was about how great James Madison was playing. And mm-hmm. he did play very well in the mm-hmm. second half. But... I think he had so many opportunities to make that pass Mm -hmm. or he had a big chance to finish a goal and he didn't do it. Mm -hmm. He lacked Mm -hmm. the final ball that would send Leicester. And I thought that was the same thing for Mount, which great for him scoring his first, you know, real Chelsea. It was a gimme. It was a gimme, but in the end, great for him. But outside of that, he was pretty poor this game. Um, I thought Chelsea in general were really bad. I mean, I thought uh, N'Golo Conte was good. I actually thought Emerson was maybe their best player. I'm Emerson you, man, was, all Emerson was really good. He was all over the field. Um, Pedro, Giroud, and Pulisic offered nothing. Pedro, I disagree with Pedro. Pedro gave effort, but he, he lost the ball continually. Like They all would just lose the ball over and over again. In the positioning, and this is the thing I want to critique Pulisic with, his positioning in this game was horrible. He was, oh, he was just either too close to the ball uh, just his positioning was bad, and I think people don't always notice that. But this is the thing I think when you watch a player, like when you watching City so much and seeing players like Sterling, who his biggest strength is probably his positioning, which is why he gets so many easy goals. Mm-hmm. To see Pulisic just, he was just so he was never in a good spot to receive kind the of ball. floating into yeah, defenders. he was never in a spot to receive the ball, and that's where I think he needs to develop the most. I mean, when he's on the ball, he's a dangerous player. Yes, definitely. But he needs to do more off the ball. Um, but in his defense, I mean, William came on and was completely Got off useless. Or... Useless. Um, Giroud, Tammy Abraham, both of them didn't really offer much. Yeah. Um, Mason Mount's been the spark along with Pedro and Emerson. Yeah. Yep. And Kepa. Kepa and I thought Jorginho well. was actually really good at the first half of this game. He, played he was picking beautiful passes yeah. all game. Um, Kurt Zuma was solid for the much better much, game. Much better game. Uh, still, our boy Dave not doing well. Is, he looks washed. He does. He really does because there was moment, Madison was ghosting him at times. Uh, it was pretty bad. 
Um, so, I mean, having Conte help Chelsea, in the end, they get a point. But this was just in the commentary of, oh, this is such a great 1-1. I'm just watching them like, <laughs> yeah, it was competitive, but it was really bad play. Yeah. It, um, I if, do want to say Ndidi redeemed himself for his mistake with a power header. He did. That was awesome. So, But if either team... Just release the ball a few seconds earlier. They I think this could have been a 3-2, yeah. exactly. a 2-1 like It was competitive in the end, but it was very sloppy. Yeah. like I think your description of the game was a good one. A 1v1 Mason Mount versus <laughs> James Madison. Um, but let's go into what I think was a much better 1-1 draw. Wolves at home versus Manchester United. Yes. So, after a draw versus Leicester, Wolves are at home. And after a 4-0 thrashing of Chelsea, Manchester United are away at Wolves. And Martial gets the early one. Mm-hmm. 27th minute, uh, fantastically finished goal. Yes. Anthony Martial, when did he become a clinical finisher? Hey, he looked he looked good. I got to say, he really did look good. He, he has uh, low energy Martial. He's back he with his good. number nine. He's happy. Yep. Um, it was a very good finish. You know, I thought played well. I mean, they had good possession in this game. But Wolves do what Wolves do against the big teams. They show up. They show up. They find a way to get results. They score a wonder goal from Ruben Neves. Incredible. Incredible. And VAR, those nasty men in the VAR they who tried. tried to take it away. They tried to rob us of this goal because that's what they do. That's what they are. <laughs> they, they, are they are the dementors of the Premier League. <laughs> the they come in there to suck the soul out of the game. I can't stand them. <laughs> Anyways, Ruben Neves uh, scores from outside the box off a beautifully done corner kick set piece. And uh, from there, it was pretty back and forth. Wolves and Manchester United both had similar, I feel, second halves after that. Pogba drew a fantastic penalty, Mm -hmm. made a great run into the box. And then he does the thing that you should never do. You take the ball away from your striker. He's already converted a penalty this season. Paul Mm -hmm. Pogba steps up, and he gets absolutely stuffed by Rui Patricio. And the game ends 1-1. But one major thing that I want to say about this game I think Nuno outcoached Ole. Subs on Traore, complete game changer, and Ole had no response well, to Traore. Traore is a very interesting player. Traore, he is the he is the new Jesus Navas. <laughs> he just he beats you with his pace and his athleticism, cuts you up, and then literally goes full panic mode and goes, what do I do? He's like Ricky but he Bobby. Was sending what great, do I do? What do I do? <laughs> great balls into the box today. But he just, I'm saying, but his passes never lead to goals. His shots never lead to goals. He is a monster. First of all, physically, he is an animal. <laughs> the I mean, captain this guy, leader legend of yeah, the body. Team. He is, he's built like Ray Lewis. He is a, <laughs> this guy is a middle linebacker. His goal celebration is a little Ray Lewis yeah. dance. <laughs> like he is, he is yacked out of his mind. He's a big boy. He's yacked. He runs by everyone, powers by you, but just there's no end product with him. There really isn't. I mean, he took advantage of Luke Shaw. Yeah, he just, I mean, Luke Shaw. <laughs> do I need to keep bashing on Luke, Luke Shaw? Luke Shaw hasn't been bad this Luke year. Shaw Luke Shaw is a good player. Good. He is a good player. He'd be a great player if he ever got in shape. All right. And before we get into our predictions, Jimmy, let's uh, just hit two quick Twitter questions. Well, one of them we already covered and one of them ties into the predictions so our friend ryan gruyere he asked us do you think the handball rule will change yet again at the end of the season it better yeah it That's better. I, I talked about it, say it needs to i mm-hmm. mean right now it only benefits the defensive team because you're taking you're blaming offensive players 
for unintentional while you're not blaming defensive. It's a, it's a stupid rule. <laughs> Fix it to stop things happening like Fernando Llorente. Don't stop stupid things like what happened this weekend. Yeah. All right. Um, and then we had a question from Justin Desloris who said, who would you start in midfield for Arsenal against Liverpool? And realistically, what are the chances that we can end their win streak? So, Jimmy, let's go out of order with the predictions. And let's start with Arsenal. So I think this really comes down to if Granite Jalka is healthy. Jalka. Jalka. Not Schalka. Jalka. <laughs> Foreign Jalka. So you think... You think that Granite Jaka is the deciding I do, factor in this game? Because I believe against Liverpool, you need to have good possession in the midfield. So I Ooh. want to see a midfield three of Gunduzi, Jaka, and Ceballos. Well, I think if you put Joe Willick in this game, you're setting him up to fail. You know, I think it's a big ask. Mm. So that's my opinion for my boy Justin Hugo Lloris. <laughs> that's a tough one. <laughs> That is a tough one. Um, Jaka, I'm pretty sure he had like a slight injury. I think it was probably resting him for this game and giving Joe Willick the go against Burnley as opposed to putting him in against Liverpool. So I think you're right. If Jaka's healthy, I think we will see Guendouzi, Jaka, and Danny Ceballos at the head of that. I don't think Ozo gets a start here. Oh, God, no. He shouldn't even be on no. the bench. If him and Mkhitaryan play in this game, just... Don't watch. Turn yeah, it off. It, go home. Leave that place in Nashville. Fly back home and go to bed. Hundred percent. Mkhitaryan can't be in the lineup. Uh, I wouldn't be upset if Torreya started this game. I guess it depends what approach we yeah, think Arsenal is going to take here. I would if you can't play Jaka, mm-hmm. then I would play Torreya. I think you need to have some some cover s- there. Some cover. Some solidity in the midfield. You need to, especially because I think Liverpool will be back to their main midfield. I think Fabinho will be back. I think Henderson will be back. You need to match their physicality. But and I just think you're asking a lot from Joe Willick. To Joe do Willick, that. very physical player. Like I said, I, just, I know, I understand, but I just think you're. That's a big ask. And I just, I hate to see. Look, I love to see young players play, but I hate to see them set up to fail. Yeah. And I think if you put him in this game. He could get dominated in the midfield, and it could really set him back. I don't know. This this is a really tough one. The midfield especially is difficult just because I don't – I'd like to see Joe Willick play, but I, I guess if Arsenal are going to go at Liverpool, I think Joe Willick will play. But I think if they're going to kind of be more reserved and say we're going to let Liverpool come to us, which I think might be a mistake, uh, then we might see Xhaka Torreya take Joe Willick's spot here. I think this is Joe Willick's spot to lose um, for the season, though. I want to make that clear that Joe Willick has done enough to impress me, and I think Emery likes him enough, and they're bought into Project Youth, that they're going to start him uh, anytime they really get a chance. But we haven't played the opponent of Liverpool Here's a question before we get to the score with it. Is this the game you bring Pepe in for Reese Nelson? That's just where I was going. Uh, We want to talk about setting young players up to potentially fail. This could be a, a very tough game for Reese Nelson. I think Reese Nelson is below the level of Joe Willick right now in terms of maturity and potentially giving him a start of this level. Which is odd because I believe he's I know. Like two years older. I know. And I, I was very high on Reese Nelson at the beginning of the season. I still am. I think he's a good player. I just think in sometimes I think with with big signings, mm-hmm. you this you actually do want to throw them into the big game because if they score if they have a good game, 
it just elevates them even more. It gives them that real confidence boost. Yeah. Whereas if they don't, you say, well, it's Liverpool. It's, it was a tough game for us. But if he scores against Liverpool, then you could Oof. say, like, then Oof. hype train's going full speed Oof. ahead. You know, I think this is going to be the first game where we see the big three. We're going to see Aubameyang to the left. Lacazette front and center. He loves to score against Liverpool. And then Pepe out on the right. Sabeos behind them. And then we have Guendouzi and we have Xhaka. I don't think Ture gets in. And then for the back line, we're going to have good old Nacho. Uh, and then the center back position is tough because Socrates is almost certainly starting. Yeah. Oh, no. I think David Luiz is going to start over Chambers again. Controversial last game that Chambers didn't get the start mm-hmm. over David Luiz because he played so well against Newcastle. But I like that Emery threw in David Luiz there. I think we need that maturity, that leadership. I think David Luiz is the correct start here. I think he was a right start against Burnley. You needed the physicality. I question... He probably will start against Liverpool. He's a big game player. Yeah. Um, say what you will about him, and I've said a bit. But <laughs> I think it is probably a good move to put him in in this one. Yeah. Ainsley Maitland-Niles, um, he's sure going gonna to have to play. Sure thing. You know, this is the game where you might... It's it's like... this. These are the games that are so make or break for Ainsley Maitland-Niles where it's you see him play so well against Burnley and Newcastle and then when they go up against an opponent like Liverpool sometimes you see him make the stupid pass or try and overstep his boundary like if he's going to be up against Mo <laughs> Salah Sinchenko yeah if he's up against <laughs> Mo Salah or Mane he's going to have a very tough day ahead of him and I worry with the amount that he tries to get forward and do his tricks that he might be the one who. But who that again us. comes down to the manager. It's yeah. giving the right instructions, having your player know when they can go, when they can't go in a game like this. I'm, he's my my main area of concern right now. Ainsley Maitland Niles. He's either going to be a star in this game, or he might be the reason why we lose it. And uh, so, what's the prediction? You know, I, I alluded to this in the beginning. Liverpool haven't played well yet this season, mm-hmm. right? They they beat Norwich four one, mm-hmm. and they played well there. Um, newly promoted team at Anfield. And, I mean, Norwich played very well that game, but Norwich don't have the defense that Arsenal has. Norwich. What am I saying? Mm, you're pronouncing W too Norwich. You, you're calling Xhaka Schalke. Schalke. Yeah, you're calling him a Bundesliga That's the only team. reason I'm critiquing you. You went at me, <laughs> I'm coming at you. But I'm, I'm slightly optimistic here that this might be one of the better times all year to face Liverpool. I mean, we saw what Chelsea did against them. Arsenal, in my opinion, are a better team than Chelsea. I mean, we saw what Southampton did against Liverpool. In my opinion, Arsenal are a better team than Southampton. Um, and it, it, gives me, it gives me hope that Arsenal can get something from this game. Am I going to be unrealistic and say that I think we're going to get a win? Yes, I am. Yes, because I am delusional. Um if this were at the Emirates, I would say yes. We're going to get a win. Now What's the score, Michael? Fuck you, Jimmy. 3-1 Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. All right. I like it. Go ahead. What's your score? Uh, you brought up the Chelsea game. I think this is identical. A 2-2 draw. And I would take that. I think that's a great result for Arsenal. And I think I, I'm confident they can get a draw in this game. You know what? If it wasn't at Anfield... I would really believe that. That's why I don't think they can win. It is very hard to win at Anfield. Um, Say what you will about it. But at the same time, I agree with you. I think Liverpool are slightly vulnerable right now. 
So I'm going to go with the draw, 2-2 draw. And that defensive line of Liverpool. VAR, taking yeah. back the game-winning yeah. goal. <laughs> oh, my God. If we went on a VAR goal or, like, an overturned one that gives us the win, that would be fucking incredible. Um, but Liverpool's back line haven't looked like the Liverpool back line that we've come to know. They don't have Allison behind them. This is a good time to play Liverpool. Arsenal fans, you should be cautiously optimistic. This is one cautious in front of optimistic, but not for the rest of the season. So let's get into the predictions. Uh, Friday, we have Villa versus Everton. Who do you have, Jimmy? So don't love this draw for for, uh, Villa. After I just said, I still believe in them. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that they're going to beat Everton. I'm going to go a 2-1 Everton win. I got a 1-1 draw here. You know, I'm not bought in on Everton early in the season as I was when we did the predictions. I think they're going to struggle to score, and I think Villa are going to get one at home. Uh, they get a point. Point each. Ooh, this is a good one. Saturday morning, 7.30 Eastern time, we have Norwich versus Chelsea. So, Chelsea. <laughs> not going great. Mm-hmm. I am so confused by this one because I look at that Chelsea back line, and I say, there's no way in hell that you're stopping my man Pookie. He's well, putting the not ball with Todd Cantwell behind he's, him. He's putting the ball in the net. 100%. But the question is, can Norwich are a vulnerable team in giving up goals? I am going to go with a 2-1 Norwich win. And I uh, I will say, I, I, I don't want to write Chelsea off in this one, but I just, Pookie, he's, I'm in on Pookie. I'm in. And I'm probably going with my heart here, but I'm going to go 2-1 Norwich. That's a smart prediction, Jimmy. I'm following you. 2-1 Norwich. Chelsea, you're going to press them for 20 minutes. They're not going to find a goal. And then they're going to they're gonna break down. They're going to go down 2-0. And then they're going to get a consolation goal at the end from Tammy Abraham. Tammy Abraham finally gets his. Uh, and then we have, ooh, another one. This is a big one. Brighton versus Southampton. This one tears on my heartstrings. So this is, I think this is a big one for Southampton right now. I just feel like I need to see something out of them. Because Danny Ings, he just he threw me all types of ways last <laughs> week. And Brighton have been excellent. Um, got the win, then the draw against West Ham. I am going to go with a 1-0 Southampton win. And I, I don't know why. I just I, I feel so coming. wrong. 2-1 Brighton. And Glenn Murray does gets he his get first the, of the does season. Does he get in the score he sheet? He does, 100%. I'm pretty sure he scored two in this fixture last season. I could be wrong there. Um, but I think he definitely scored at least one last year. And then we have Man U versus Crystal Palace at 10 a.m. What do you have here? I have a easy, sleepishly 2-0 United win. Oh, man. Palace don't score in three games. I got 3-0 United. I think they're going to beat them down pretty good at Old Trafford especially. Ooh, then we have a, a tasty one here. Sheffield United versus Leicester. I like this one. Yeah, me too. I like this. Um, I do think that the Blades uh, run into a tough one here. I think Leicester will win. I have a 3-1 Leicester win. I think Jamie Vardy shows up big time. I think Ayozi Perez actually gets a goal with this one. Ayozi Perez has been slightly anonymous mm-hmm. in the two games that we've seen He just seen hasn't really so got far. the ball. A Chelsea yeah. game, he, was, he couldn't get the ball. They couldn't yeah. get the ball to him. Jamie Vardy really hasn't showed up either. Um, maybe because James Madison won't pass him the ball. Um, I got 2-0 Leicester here. I don't think Sheffield are going to score. Uh, and I hate to say it. But maybe Billy Sharp will surprise us. Um, then we have Watford at home versus West Ham. The underperformance derby. Mm-hmm. Who do you have? 
So <laughs> part of me wants to give this a nil-nil, and I hate predicting a nil-nil. But I'm going to give it a 2-1 West Ham win. No. I have Yarmolenko coming off the bench to score the winner. No, I got I got a 1-1 draw, Troy Deeney goal, and a holler goal for West Ham. Uh, and then we have Arsenal-Liverpool at 12.30 Eastern time. We've already talked about that. Arsenal winning that one easy. And then on Sunday morning, we have your boys, Manchester City, facing off away at Bournemouth. Who do you have? I think they're mad. Yeah. 5-0. No Whoa. And I'm sorry, nil. Bournemouth. I'm sorry. Oh, boy. But Bournemouth, you, you play, you play too, too attacking open. at time. You're open. Uh, I think City will score. It may take a while to score, but they'll get one, and then they're going to come in bunches. I got 3-1 Manchester City. I don't think they're going to embarrass them quite as bad. Uh, then we have Tottenham at home versus Newcastle. Back-to-back beatdowns. I have a 4-0 Tottenham win. Yeah, I think hmm, this is tough. I'm trying to think how badly Tottenham are going to beat Newcastle. <laughs> uh, I'll go I'll go 3-0. I think Tottenham rising high on yeah. bars back, and they're going to go get a beatdown on this. And then we have at 11.30 also on Sunday morning, we have Wolves versus Burnley. I have this as a 1-0 Wolves victory with a goal from Jota. Uh, I'll go 2-1 Wolves. We get an Ashley Barnes goal for, for <laughs> Burnley. He continues his streak. Uh, but that's it, Jimmy. Do you want to hit him with the plugs? Yes, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SoccerMostly. Email us, MostlySoccerShow at gmail.com. Reach out to us if you'd like to get a sticker. Mike has been giving them away. He mm-hmm. loves it. Nothing makes him happier than people asking for stickers. My hand's been cramping. And if you up. want to ensure that you get one, what do they have to do, Michael? Five star review on Apple Podcasts. Yes. That simple. Very simple. We've seen the reviews going up, up, up. And we appreciate that. It means the world to us. If you haven't left one and you listen to the show, you're a piece of shit. Yeah, you're a bad person <laughs> and you're mean. Just kidding. Just kidding. You're meaner than Ashley Barnes. <laughs> All right. We will see you next week. Bye bye.